What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Voyanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And we got another 2022 NAIA Women's Flag Football recap here. Uh, this last week here in Week 9, we saw a couple teams play their last game of the regular season as we are heading to postseason play just here in a couple weeks. And so things are getting exciting. Things are starting to matter a little bit more. There's not too much time to, you know, collect yourselves and get ready for the postseason as it's basically almost already here. A lot of the teams that we see play this week and these next couple weeks are basically going to be the teams that you're going to see if you go to Nationals up in Atlanta or in their conference tournaments here. I don't think there are many uh, secret weapons left that we haven't talked about that teams haven't seen yet. So it's it's about to get real here in a couple weeks. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get started talking about one of the most important games of this last week. And I am talking about Ottawa versus Kansas Wesleyan University. Basically, this would decide, you know, the conference champion, uh, well, the regular season conference champion for the KCAC here. Ottawa has dominated this conference, and, you know, they're in a position, or they were in a position, to go ahead and defend their conference title here. Well, Kansas Wesleyan, you know, they've, they've hung around, you know, I believe they really only ever lost to Ottawa, at least in this conference here, and so this, this was going to be a big one, you know, if there was any chance of them uh, getting them and beating them, I would say this was probably their best chance um, right before they hit this conference tournament, because, you know, Kansas Wesley, and they, they had some good dubs, some very good dubs against some quality teams the previous week, including a 21 point, or maybe it was a 20 point uh, comeback that they put together in the second half against St. Mary's, and so, you know, they're ready. While Ottawa, you know, they've had a kind of a bit of time to rest up here after having a very busy first couple weeks of their season and, uh, you know, some action midway through. But now they are heading into this game pretty much rested, ready to defend that league conference title at home, by the way. I believe also it was senior night for Ottawa as it would be their last home regular season game but let's go ahead and jump into this in the first quarter Kansas Wesleyan they start with the ball and Brianna Hernandez Silva quarterback finds Angel Roman for the first first down of this game now on second down though Silva she tries to take a shot deep uh, and has a receiver wide open Ashley Hawthorne going unchecked down the field but she just overthrows it by a little bit here. It sails kind of out of bounds. And so that's a little bit of a missed opportunity. And so that basically brings up a third and seven here. They call a quarterback power play. And Silva goes ahead and gets about six-ish yards. Making it a manageable fourth and one. Just about at midfield. And so here we go. Fourth and one. They go ahead and run the power option, speed option that they love to run with Silva. Pitching it to Angel Roman. But Randria Gamble, I want to say that's how you say her name, Randria Gamble, for Ottawa, came up with a pretty big flagpole for loss, giving Ottawa the ball here, um, a very, very important individual defensive play here by Gamble, and by Ottawa, you know, if Kansas Wesleyan scored on this first drive, you know, then it's on. 
right? You got you have them scoring first here, and then they they take that first lead. That's definitely a big deal. But instead, they go ahead and stop them short at midfield, and so Ottawa takes over here. After a Madison Carrera run and a Addy Orsburn and Bailey Hodgins catch, it brings up a fourth and one situation for Ottawa here on this first drive. And so here on fourth and one, Madison Carrera quarterback, and by the way, one of the front runners in our MVP race here uh, for the Playmakers Corner, went ahead, made a defender miss with some very nice footwork, by the way. I believe she even made somebody fall down and gains about 10 yards for the first down. That would go ahead and actually put them in the red zone uh, at this point here. So they're about 20-ish yards uh probably a little less than that from a touchdown and so here we go on the next play here or a couple plays later actually not right after that but a couple plays later madison career makes another pass rusher slip and this time the defender fell down and then goes ahead and finds jaslyn camacho in the back of the end zone for a nice 12 yard touchdown on the run, a very accurate throw here. Oh my gosh. It was the right read and everything, but still, regardless, a kind of a tough throw to make. But she makes it. Camacho comes down with it. And they go ahead and take the 6 0 lead here. Can't get the conversion. And so that's what they have with about five minutes left in the quarter now on the second drive for kansas wesleyan they're trying to get something going and so they go ahead and they try to lateral the ball a couple times here i believe it started out as as a power option play um and then you know they got a receiver involved and all that but ottawa's jennifer anthony goes ahead and intercepts one of these laterals as kansas wesleyan tries to lateral maybe one time too many and i i said it was a huge interception but i think it actually went down as a recovered fumble for Ottawa because it was a lateral or at least that's how it looked looks like in the box score so there you go but regardless Ottawa takes over in the red zone because they basically grab it on like the 15 or so um whenever you know whenever they were lateraling it and so Ottawa's in a pretty good spot here so here we go Madison Carrera quarterback for Ottawa very elusive this game very elusive as uh, she goes ahead and makes a couple players slip and fall uh, rushing for about five yards before she eventually slips herself looks like the field is maybe a little bit slippery out there I know it rained earlier on in the day but regardless, she gets those nice five yards. Then a couple plays later, Carrera on the run once more. Finds Clara Bodaway on the out route for a nice nine-yard touchdown. Good route by Bodaway. Uh, even better throw by Carrera, who makes a tough throw on the run here on this out. And so they go ahead and go up 13-0 after she finds Bodaway again on the conversion. And so just like that, Ottawa's up 13 to zero now kansas wesleyan they they want to score here they want to score here before this game gets out of hand before it becomes a three score game because historically it has gotten out of hand once it gets to three scores here uh and so they're trying to stay in it it's still the first quarter too by the way and so a throw over the middle a really nice throw over the middle by silva plus a penalty Basically puts Kansas Wesley in near midfield on a gain of 18 to really get this drive going. But this drive unfortunately stalls after a dropped pass and a dropped pitch forces them to punt it. And so another tough missed opportunity 
there. And so right before four half here, Madison Carrera uh, hits Courtney Willie for a nice 12-yard gain in the first down to start the drive. And then she would find her a second time um, right before the quarter ends here for a nice 10-yard gain that would basically get them to midfield. Now, second quarter, they're at midfield here with a chance to go up three scores. Carrera finds Jaslyn Camacho for the first down. And for a pass that basically gets them into Kansas Wesleyan territory. Not quite the red zone yet, but they did cross midfield. After a couple plays, though, 4th and 8 comes up after a low pass to, I believe it was Alyssa Linkus. Uh, she was open, the pass, I mean, um, Carrera was on the run, and it was just not the most accurate there. And so, 4th and 8 here, and on 4th and 8, Madison Carrera hits Alyssa Linkus for a curl route, but she could not make a move and make a defender miss as it was thrown kind of behind the first down marker here and so she would have had to make a move to get at least three or four more yards to get this first down here and so kansas wesleyan gets a pretty big stop here at midfield just remember it's 13 to 0 here so if they get a touchdown then you know just like that they're right back in it here and in a spot to uh you know make it a manageable game here a more manageable game and so that is what they do brianna hernandez silva finds a wide open Angel Roman, who just gets past the defense here on this play, uh, for a 43-yard touchdown throw. I believe it was a wheel route she was uh, running here. And so just like that, Kansas Wesleyan is back in this game, making it a one-score game. Now, they go ahead and roll out, and they try to complete the pass on the conversion, but they couldn't get it. But regardless, though, Kansas Wesleyan does cut into this lead 6-13 to 13 with about 8 minutes left in the quarter. Plenty of time to potentially get another score here uh, if they could stop this Ottawa offense. And so the uh, Ottawa offense goes ahead and takes over here after that Kansas Wesleyan touchdown. And uh, Madison Carrera takes off for another nice scramble for about 14 yards and a first down here. Kansas Wesleyan struggling to stop her from running the ball herself. And then Madison Carrera once more, she's on the run, breaks the pocket here. Then she basically throws across her body to the middle of the field, finding Courtney Willie here, um, who, who gets the catch, who makes the catch first off between two between two defenders and then breaks that one loose splitting those defenders for a big and I mean big 30 plus yard reception getting them into the red zone kind of just not the greatest flag pulling here as she just I mean she just split those defenders there were two defenders there that had an opportunity couldn't get that opportunity and uh, you know she made them pay and so right here they're in the red zone here Carrera aims for Camacho in the end zone um, potentially for a touchdown she has a step but Jada Wilson for Kansas Wesleyan is there, makes a great play, uh, has a nice little pass deflection here. I think at this point, this is her second straight pass deflection in the red zone by Jada Wilson here. She had one on the previous drive here. And uh, she continues it here, just playing very, very good defense in 101. But it eventually doesn't matter as Madison Carrera takes care of business, splits the defenders, splits two defenders on a nice nine-yard touchdown 
scramble. After that, she throws a perfect out route to Bailey Hodgins, who was well covered too, um, but makes a diving catch, making this a 20-6 game with about 4 minutes 45 seconds left in this first half. So, not quite out of control, it's still a two-point game, but threatening to be out of control if Kansas Wesleyan can't get anything going here on offense. And so, Silva, trying to keep this drive alive here, finds Ashley Hawthorne for a nice first down. But a couple plays later, they find themselves in a fourth and two situation at midfield. Silva pitches it to Kendra Velasquez Monroe for the first down, uh, though, before the two minute warning. So they, they keep this drive going for the most part. But right after that, a couple plays later, again, they find themselves in a fourth and three situation here. Uh, but Alyssa Gleb. Gillespie, I want to say, for Ottawa, actually dives for Velasquez Monroe's flag, because um, I believe they ran basically the same play, and so Gillespie dives for that flag and stops her short on fourth down with about a minute left in this game, and so that's huge. So far in this game, Ottawa got two very big fourth down stops here where it was a one-on-one -on -one situation and you know their defender won those uh those situations and so those are two potential drives where Kansas Wesleyan could have scored and this game could have been tied to be honest with you and so uh just just keep that in mind uh, but that's how football goes it's a game of inches and Ottawa here you know they realize that they're trying to get be be a little bit more comfortable with their lead here and so Ottawa runs a couple plays including one with a couple laterals, four or five, I want to say. But eventually, they find themselves in a fourth and one situation. Like I said, they're trying to score here right before half here. Uh, Carrera ends up throwing it to Courtney Willie, who makes the lower, a very, very low reception, but still catches it, gets them into Kansas Wesleyan territory with about 16 seconds left in this game. After that, Carrera finds Jaslyn Camacho in the flat, who goes ahead and gets a couple nice yards after the catch um, to go ahead and get them just about in the red zone here. And then this is the play that will break Kansas Wesley in here as Carrera throws the dump off to Addie Orsburn, who was lined up at running back, and then she Basically just burns the entire Kansas Wesleyan defense to the end zone on a nice 18-yard touchdown reception. Like I said, she just beat them all to the pylon there in a foot race there using her speed. Couldn't get the conversion, but Ottawa leads this one 26-6. This one looks to be just about over here unless Kansas Wesleyan could score quickly here in at the start of this second half. But before she could do that, Ottawa starts off with the first drive, with the first offensive drive of the second half here. And they started with a first down. After that, Carrera finds Camacho one more time, gets a couple more yards for a nice 20-plus yard gain that gets them into Kansas Wesleyan territory. A penalty, though, on Kansas Wesleyan, on Kansas Wesleyan would put them into the end zone on a, um, well, that would be a 10-yard penalty. And so just like that, they are in the red zone here. And so on first down, Carrera goes ahead and takes off for about 7 yards. After that, Carrera then finds Addie Orsburn for her second touchdown of the night on a nice little drag route. They don't get the conversion, but they're up 32-6 this game. Unfortunately, is very much over. 
Ottawa, final score here. Ottawa beats Kansas Wesleyan with a final of 45-19 to and becomes the KCAC regular season conference champions once again here. Taking care of business right here. A couple of stats I want to read out here. Brianna Hernandez-Silva for Kansas Wesleyan. 14 rushes, 86 rushing yards, a touchdown. She was the lead rusher for a team and also the lead passer. Um... And then also through 16 of 30 for 159 passing yards, touchdown uh, to one interception here. Angel Roman, freshman for this Kansas Wesleyan team. She is a freshman of the year front runner, one of the front runners, I want to say. Had seven tackles, four receptions, 77 receiving yards, a touchdown, and picked off, I believe, a quarterback in this game as well. Jada Wilson, a defensive player of the year candidate. Had four tackles, a tackle for loss, and then two red zone pass deflections here. Both were big time, so there you go. And then for Ottawa, Madison Carrera, the front runner for MVP here. Eight rushes, 71 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown. 20 of 33 for 271 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, and an interception here. Absolutely killing it against a very quality Kansas Wesleyan team here. Uh, also, I want to say this is maybe... Maybe her fifth or sixth game where she scored five or so total touchdowns or more. I want to say that. I might have to fact check that, but we'll do that. Um, but we'll do that when we come closer to these end of the year awards there. But very good game against Kansas Wesleyan here. And then Addison Orsburn, another freshman of the year candidate. Uh, six receptions, 105 receiving yards. Had the hat trick with three receiving touchdowns. Uh, all these touchdowns being big time here for Ottawa. And then on defense, Abby Brown led the squad with 12 tackles, 12 flag pulls. And so a very, very big dub for Ottawa. Continuing to reestablish their dominance this season. Looking really good ahead of this conference tournament and nationals as well, if I say so myself. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan, you know, they had a couple opportunities early on here. I mean, this is just kind of one of those stories, once again, where the game just kind of got away from them. You know, they had opportunities in the first half, and then the lead ballooned to three or four scores, and it just became not as manageable after that. And so, a very, very difficult loss for Kansas Wesleyan. But, like I said, hoping they continue to get better as the season goes on here. We know they're talented. I think it's more of a matter of consistency so not even better i mean just be consistent right um at the end of the day it really felt like this game came down to some of those fourth down stops that ottawa just had in one-on-one you know it was a one-on-one situation their player against yours and their player happened to win on fourth and one you know at midfield and you know those are just one-on-one stitches that you know make or break games sometimes so uh, there you go there, but let's go ahead and keep this thing moving here. We have a couple games here actually Cotty College would actually play three games in Less than a week. I would even say less than five days here all against very good teams in the KCAC They did have to reschedule here uh, So I, I believe most of these games were rescheduled games and so, the first one is Midland versus Cotty College here. Midland, the previous week, playing a lot of games and uh, losing some some pretty tough games here. March 31st, lost um, uh, they lost to St. Mary 26-19. to 
Then they played Kansas Wesleyan on April 5th, lost to them 34-12. Then on uh, that same day, they would play St. Mary again and lose to them 20-14 by one score, basically, again. And so, kind of having a tough time going here, you know. You have two quarterbacks here that, uh, you know, have produced a little bit here for them in Angel, I want to say, Yuani is how I was told it should be said. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Angel Yuani, not Iowan, but Yuani, uh, she has gotten the majority of the snaps. Had some, honestly, had some very productive games, some good games here, uh, both on the run and throwing it. But turnovers have killed her performances at times. Then you also have Haley Stanton, who's ha who's came in every now and then, especially in some of these games that were just out of reach for Midland. And so you have a couple of those, but y you know, I mean, she she does get enough reps in my in, in my honest opinion here. Um, if anything, it's maybe a quarter. But you know, this game against Cotty College it changed a little bit. And speaking of Cotty College, man, I mean. Jeez, it's been a minute since they've since they've played. Uh, the last, jeez, man, the last game they played, well, games they played, was actually March 16th versus Milligan in Tennessee. At the time I'm recording this, it is April 14th, so almost a month since they last played here, and they played uh they played Midland on April 9th here, and so I that's definitely a little bit of concern. Whenever you have to take about a month off, I get it, you know, you have spring break and all that, but then they had to you know go ahead and move some of these games. That's always tough, you know. At this point. I mean, there's not a ton of momentum to work off of considering your last game was almost a month ago, uh, which they can't completely control either. But I'm kind of not going to talk about these Cotty games too much in detail here as uh, all three of them weren't super close. Midland would actually go ahead and make a very nice statement here, beating Cotty College 60-0 here in a very complete game. Um, one of their few complete games of the year here. Angel Yuwani, uh, she was in at quarterback for the first half, leading the offense to 28 points for this Midland squad. Obviously, the defense didn't allow Cotty any points throughout this game, so keep that in mind. And then Haley Stanton would actually take over here in the second half and lead the offense to about 26 points. Uh, Casey Thompson for them would also have a very nice pick six as Midland gets a huge dub here. For sure going to move up these power rankings as this was the kind of dub they needed to uh, to find some of their footing here as, you know, really it's just been turnovers that have been killing some of these great performances uh, from their offense. So uh, we'll see if they could continue that. But like I said, Midland takes care of Cotty College 60-0. to Two days later, we have Cotty College playing St. Mary on Monday here. Oh, man, <laughs> two days later, and I, I'm going to talk about this game even less because I couldn't find any stats, and honestly, I don't really see the need to find too many more stats here. Uh, USM keeps it going here. They go ahead and beat Cotty College in a dominating 52-0 to here. I mean, not too much to talk about, really. Um, the first matchup was closer. USM beat them 32-13, to but the Spires here, man, I mean, they showed that they, you know, they have some offensive firepower, and we've been known that. And against a Cotty team that was reeling a little bit here, I mean, this was almost 
almost the perfect victim as as much as I hate to say it as Cody here is just struggling to refine their footing after that month long break. But unfortunately, it does get easier as they do play, or they did play Ottawa literally two days after that. Um, and Ottawa, obviously, being the KCAC uh, regular season conference champs, I mean, they came here to play. They're already on fire. And so they actually matched a USM score here. And, well, actually, hold up. On. That's weird. It says 52-0 to zero here on the Cotty page, but that definitely is not right as Ottawa technically beat them 55 to 0 uh scoring on every possession here on Cody College uh look they they recorded stats so I'm, I want to go ahead and talk about some of these stats here real quick for Cody College uh Erica Roberts was actually in at quarterback dominating the snap count here for Cody with 20 pass attempts she went 13 of 20 for 92 receiving or 92 passing yards did throw an interception. Emily Kane, who has been their starter, only really had nine attempts for about 15 yards here. So honestly, it's not even really a turnover problem. Because, um, I mean, there's not a lot of turnovers on the stat sheet. Uh, it just came down to execution, it kind of feels like here. Daniela Goodridge, though, had four receptions, 50 receiving yards. Good for her. Uh, Isabel Fairbanks for Cotty led them with about six tackles here. Ottawa, on the other hand, I mean, they were they were going. You know, Madison Carrera only missed one pass. She went 17 of 18, 209 passing yards, four passing touchdowns. Didn't play the second half, uh, I believe, at all. Cindy Rude, she would come in, their backup quarterback. Went 6 of 8, 111 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. I believe even Bailey Hodgins got in there at quarterback. Uh, I'm not going to read out her stats, though. <laughs> but she got in, you know. Jazlyn Camacho on the day. Uh, six receptions, 112 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Alyssa Linkus, five receptions, 88 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. And then Jennifer Anthony also had an interception for this Ottawa team on defense. That is her sixth interception of the year as Ottawa takes care of Cotty 55 2-0. Just a very tough go for this Cotty team. I mean, they have been getting better each game. They were. They did beat Milligan, you know, about a month ago, but they still beat him 26-12. Uh, lost to them 7-6 that same day, but that's probably a game they should have won here. And then even before that, against Kansas Wesleyan, I mean, they lost to them only 19-7. Only lost to USM 32-13. And so, they were on the up and ups, but, you know, this little break here, or hiatus, I guess, is probably more accurate uh kind of just hurt them and so you know they're gonna try to refine their footing here in these coming weeks they have midland um i believe when is this april 19th so am i gonna be able to cover it this week yep uh, so next this a little bit of a preview uh they play midland and that will be their last regular season game and i believe one of the last games here in the entire kcac as far as the regular season goes and so uh we'll see what happens then but you know what let's go ahead and uh transition here over to the Sun Conference. There weren't any more KCAC games um, that happened here on Thursday. That is April 14th. And so we had three Sun Conference games actually happen on Thursday the 14th when I'm recording this. One of those was Florida Memorial versus Thomas. Now, 
gonna be honest i was not able to catch it uh, i had some internet issues on my end but was able to catch about the last eh, five or so minutes of game time here in the fourth quarter so i'm gonna kind of keep this one short not too much happened anyways it was a fairly fairly quiet game at least offensively but thomas did beat florida memorial seven to six yes a very very close game here when i tuned in uh thomas they were moving down the field they drained the clock as much as they possibly could i believe there were 40 or 30 seconds left and they were in the red zone um like five or ten yards uh in the red zone even and so they had a chance to score a touchdown put this one away for sure the ball they threw was slightly overthrown and so at this point florida memorial had to drive the length of the field basically to score a touchdown and win the game because at this point it was already seven to six here janae scott for thomas actually scored that touchdown and got the conversion which is key because this was a one score win basically here and i'm sure it also took a little bit of pressure off once thomas had uh that last offensive drive you know they didn't need to necessarily score um but you know it would have been nice to obviously score there but like i said they didn't get it uh, Florida Memorial, they're driving down the field. They tried a couple of double passes here on their very last drive. Couldn't find too much success. And actually, it was Sanaya Glover who would come up with the big game-ending interception to go ahead and give Thomas the dub here. I believe she also had another interception earlier on in this game. And so Thomas goes ahead and survives Florida Memorial 7-6. Another close one here. Like I said, Florida Memorial, they're getting better on uh, defense here. Uh, well, they've been good on defense, to be completely honest with you, but they're getting better um, as far as whole game management goes. And, you know, this is a one-score game, a one-point loss to the number one team in the country. And so you could be very, very proud of that if you're a Florida Memorial. If you're a Thomas, hey, a dub's a dub. It doesn't matter, basically, as, uh, I mean, they're going to go to this conference tournament and be kind of the front runners here anyways. And so a dub is a dub. You know, they didn't get upset here. They finished the game, which is the most important thing here. They had a good last couple of drives, both on offense and defense, offensively using up that time. Defensively, you know, Glover getting that pick was huge. And so, uh, yeah, there you go. But that was one of the games here on this Thursday afternoon. Now, the other two games uh, were both Kaiser games. Kaiser were involved with both. And so let's talk about the first one that happened. That is Kaiser versus Warner here. You know, Kaiser, obviously, they're trying to bounce back here after losing to Thomas, uh, well, exactly a week ago, 18 to 19. So they're looking to get a pretty quality win against a pretty quality Warner team here. And then you got Warner. You know, obviously, it, it would be big if they could beat Kaiser. They have talent over there. And so uh, here's here's how kind of here's how it went down. And so in the first quarter, Jasmine Roden finds Adriana Rodriguez and Kennedy Foster early to get the first first down of the game. After that, Roden then finds Ariana Payne, who gets them to about midfield on a nice gain uh, on the drag route. After that, Roden then throws it over the middle, finding Kennedy Foster, who just goes up and gets it, as she usually does, and then goes ahead and gets a couple more yards after that to go ahead and push Kaiser into the red zone on a nice 20-ish yard reception here. 
And then basically this drive ends with Jasmine Roden uh, shoveling the ball to Emma Wagenman, her running back, who makes... Who, ma who just makes it happen, honestly, making a defender miss and then running it in herself for a touchdown. Then on the conversion here, Jasmine Roden threads the needle. Beautiful pass here. If you could go back and watch that, I would definitely recommend this one. But just threads the needle to the corner of the end zone, finding Allison Goldsby uh, in a very tight window. And Goldsby also makes a very nice catch as well, toe-tapping this one in, getting the conversion. And just like that, Kaiser leads 7 to zero here now warner here they are aiming for homs cynthia homs early on but they do find themselves in a fourth and nine situation after some nice plays by the kaiser defense to just limit them to short passes here um on fourth and nine here warner actually decides to go for it and madison tingen takes a shot to a receiver um really good ball placement just a good ball on this throw here but the receiver could not bring it in it was just a little bit too far here still touched her fingertips though so it was definitely a catchable ball but was just a little bit too far and so the receiver cannot track this one down and bring it in and so kaiser basically takes over in warner territory here and so looking to go ahead and take advantage of this field position jasmine roden on the run throws it to adriana rodriguez on the drag route who then goes ahead and gets them into the red zone on a nice 14 yard reception here after that, Rod Rodin finds Wagonman, who then makes a couple moves here and is stopped just short of the touchdown, making it third and one here. Rodin would then, I think, kind of rush this pass a little bit and throws it pretty quickly to Kennedy Foster, who's out in the flat. And uh, she, she just playing drops this one. It's a rare drop here. And so that actually makes it fourth and one here. And before Kaiser could get anything going on this fourth down play, the snap is low and it does touch the ground. And so, like you know, as, as you know, fumbles don't exist in flag football. It's down where the ball touches. And so just like that, that Kaiser drive ends right there not too much damage being done there at least uh, from a warner uh perspective here and so speaking of warner they take over on offense and Tingen, she's finding cynthia homs here pretty early on uh finds her on a quick throw get she gets them about 10 plus yards and a first down for warner and then right before the second quarter, Tingen does finds Trinity Kieran on an in route who makes it all happen from there and gains a nice 20 yard um uh, I want to say about 20 yards on this reception, getting them into Kaiser territory with um, their second straight first down of this drive. Now to start the second quarter, Tingen makes it a third straight first down as she throws it to Homs, who makes a couple nifty moves actually before getting loose here. And um, after they finally got her down, they would also throw a flag on top of that on Kaiser. And so that would be enough to basically put them within 10 yards of the red zone when all was said and done. Unfortunately, though, Warner could not get the touchdown here. Uh, they have four straight incompletions, actually. Kaiser just playing really good defense, not allowing them a lot of room to breathe here, uh, forcing Warner and Tingen to throw into some pretty tight windows where she would have had to throw perfect balls on all four of these plays. And so Kaiser playing really good defense. They go ahead and stop Warner in the red zone uh, as well. And so Kaiser takes over on offense here. 
And early on here, Roden does find Emma Wagman, who gets a solid number of yards before they would throw a penalty. That would go ahead and give Kaiser, um, yeah, it would give Kaiser the first down to start this drive in. So on top of that first play, uh, they add a couple penalty yards there. After that, Jasmine Roden finds Chloe Griffin on a nice throw for about 15 to 20 yards here. That would get them into Warner territory. Roden then finds Adriana Rodriguez on another nice route near the sideline, who gets them about 15 yards uh, on second down. And then a couple plays later on fourth and one, Roden eventually flips it on a shuffle pass to Kennedy Foster, who dives for the reception, uh, giving them the first down on fourth and one, by the way. So this wasn't for a touchdown, uh, but she flips it to Foster here on fourth and one, who gets the first down to keep this play alive. But a couple plays later, it is fourth down again. But no worries here. Jasmine Roden goes to Foster on fourth down, who's in the flat. She goes ahead and scores a quick touchdown here. And you already know whenever Kennedy Foster hits that gritty, that's some good things going on for this Kaiser offense here. They would go ahead and get the conversion as well here. Foster getting that conversion uh, and going up 14 to 0 with about 38.9 seconds left in this first half here. Now, here we go. Warner, they want to score here. Cut into this lead just a little bit here before the third quarter. And so on second down, Madison Tingen completes a beautiful 40 ish yard reception to Nevea Hamilton that gets Warner into Kaiser territory. They also call a penalty on Kaiser and so those uh, penalty yards go ahead and puts Warner into the red zone just like that. Now, after that, Tingen tosses it to Sade Green, who gets a couple yards on first down before her flag is pulled. Then a Warner timeout is called. After that, Tingen aims for Homs on second down with about 10 seconds left, but it is slightly overthrown here. Uh, looking for her on the little post slant route here. Um, I believe it was probably more a post route than slant route. After that, it's third down with about six seconds left. Clock stopped, obviously, because of the incompletion. Tingen then rifles the pass to an open receiver, but uh, Cavalotti actually makes a nice defensive play here and knocks the ball out of the receiver hands. And so that actually brings up a fourth down here with less than a second left on the clock. Unfortunately, though, they call a delay of game on Warners, so that pushes them back five yards. They attempt a double pass from here, but the pass does sail out of bounds here. And so that's how the quarter ends. Going into the third quarter, you know, Kaiser leads 14 to 0. Now, Warner, they get the ball to start the third, and they kind of rely on Nevaeh Hamilton and Cynthia Holmes uh, on this drive to move them down the field, and that's what they do. They target Hamilton three times, and they target Holmes four times, and, you know, they get the job done for the most part here. This drive would eventually end successfully, though, with a seven-yard touchdown pass from Tingen to Trinity Kieran that would allow Warner to make it a one-score game here. Cynthia Holmes would go ahead and get the conversion, making it 14-7 with about 7 minutes 40 seconds left in this third quarter. Now, Kaiser, they would take over here on this drive, and Kennedy Foster would come up with two big receptions on this drive that would put them in a pretty good spot here. One reception was for about 25 yards on second and 15. The other one was for 18 yards on second and nine. And so thanks impartially to Kennedy Foster, you know, they get into the red zone, and Kennedy Foster would actually end this drive here as she would snag a three-yard touchdown pass here. Roden then finds goals before the conversion, making it a clean 
21 to 7 lead now warner they start their drive with a sack and so that's kind of a tough way to start uh, a drive to hopefully you know cut into this deficit again but this drive basically ends right after that sack with maria vega Maria Vega, sorry, coming up with a big interception for Kaiser. And then right before the fourth quarter, Jasmine Roden completes a nice 23-yard pass to Chloe Griffin. Now to start the fourth quarter, Roden finds Emma Wagenman for the short touchdown reception here. Uh, Maria Vega getting a nice uh, return on that pick, by the way. And then that 23-yard pass, you know, helping them out a bit as well. And so, like I said, this uh, drive ends with Wagonman scoring a touchdown. Uh, Want to get the conversion, but they lead by 20 here, 27 to 7 here early in the fourth quarter. Now, Warner, they're back on offense, and they continue to struggle as two straight incompletions intended for Trinity Kieran on third and fourth down allows Kaiser to take over on downs. And so Kaiser's in a position to really put this one away, and that's kind of what they do here. A 11-yard reception by Wagaman puts Kaiser in the red zone, uh, or at least just about in the red zone here. After that, Roden then finds Chloe Griffin on a nice 20-yard touchdown reception. And then Haley Youngwood throw it to Julianne Fortin to go up 34-7 with about 7 minutes left in the fourth quarter. At this point, the game is over here. Kaiser eventually beats Warner with a final score of 34-13 to here. Uh, some stat leaders here. Kaiser... Uh, Jasmine Roden led them. Excellent game by her. 27 of 33. Very efficient. 256 passing yards. Five passing touchdowns here. Just absolutely killing it here. Uh, Kennedy Foster, an offensive player, pl offensive playmaker of the year candidate, and one of the front runners, had eight receptions, 95 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Chloe Griffin, um, a freshman of the year candidate, three receptions, 59 receiving yards, a receiving touchdown. Emma Wagenman had a pretty good game here as well. Eight receptions, 42 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Then it was Ariana Payne leading this Kaiser defense with 10 tackles and a pass deflection. Warner, on the other hand, not a bad game from Madison Tingen. She went 29-45 for 266 passing yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, through one interception. Then Cynthia Holmes on offense had 11 receptions for 118 receiving yards. Then also led the team with eight tackles on defense. At the end of the day, Warner kind of just did not have enough juice on offense to get it done. Had a couple of mistakes here and very key opportunities uh, to win, win this game, but unfortunately, like I said, made a couple mistakes in those opportunities instead. And so Kaiser gets a pretty big dub here, winning 34-13 to ahead of their game against uh, Weber right after this one. Alright, now let's talk about this Kaiser versus Weber game here. So, Kaiser actually starts this one off with a bang on one of the first plays of this game. Jasmine Roden does find Chloe Griffin for a 66-yard touchdown here. They don't get the conversion, but they do go up 6-0, making kind of a big statement to start this game here. Now, Weber here, you know, after initially getting a first down thanks to a nice Hayden Roop catch, uh, they eventually stall out and end up punting this ball back to Kaiser here, uh, giving them the ball back on offense. Kaiser would actually then imitate Weber here, uh, almost 
play for play, which is kind of weird here. But their drive would eventually stall out after getting a first down. Uh, and they would actually go for it on fourth and ten. But they are not able to get it thanks to Breeza Robinson um, of Weber. Now, Weber here, you know, they have the ball back there in a pretty solid spot after stopping them on fourth down. Uh, start off with a solid drive here, getting into the red zone, but a sack of seven yards by Pellegrino here from Kaiser, and a Maria Vega interception would go ahead and end this drive, and that's basically how the first quarter ends here. And so going into the second quarter, we have a little bit more action here. Kaiser, you know, after that interception, uh, they have a bit of a short field to work with here. Uh, as shortly after, Roden completes a two-yard touchdown pass to Allison Goolsby. Uh, shortly after that interception, by the way. Once again, they don't get the conversion after the touchdown. But they're up two scores, 12-0 to zero here. Now, Weber, you know, they're going here. They once again have a pr pretty promising drive. But... Unfortunately, this drive ends once again with another Kaiser interception from Ariana Payne. Two interceptions uh, kind of early on to start this game here. Kaiser will take it, and that's what they do as on this offensive drive they get two big plays from Kennedy Foster. One reception of 22 yards, another of 14 yards. And soon after that, this uh, Kaiser drive would actually end with Haley Young throwing a 25-yard touchdown to Chloe Griffin here, and for a third straight time, they do not get the conversion, but they are up three score scores here. They're up 18 to zero. Now Weber, after two drives ending with interceptions, begin to put it together here. Um, begin to put together another offensive drive here, at least here. Try not to turn over the ball at the very least. And this time, they rely on Suzanne Kaufman finding her four times for 44 receiving yards on this drive and then finally Weber would finish a drive here ending with a Kayla Burroughs 10-yard uh, touchdown reception and Kayla Burroughs would also get the conversion making it a manageable 7-18 to game. Now Kaiser they get the ball back but you know this Weber defense steps up and they just do a good job here and force a 3 and out and so Kaiser actually punts this one back to Weber here and uh, Weber Sierra Harris gets a very nice punt return returns it to the 23 um, to Kaiser's 23 here so just on the edge of that red zone here now Sam Wilson she would then find Harris for about six yards but a holding penalty um, called on Kaiser by the way tacks on another 10 yards to that uh, this drive eventually ends with Wilson finding Erica I want to say it's Turrell or Turrell for a two-yard touchdown right before half. They don't get the conversion, but it is 13 to 18. Weber sitting in a pretty nice spot here after kind of a slow start on offense. You know, they uh, get a touchdown of their own, force a three and out. And just like that, they are back in this game here. Now in the third quarter here, Weber, they start on offense. They try to get something going, but another sack by Pellegrino and a false start. I believe it was on Kaufman, I want to say, would eventually kill this drive, resulting in a punt. Now Kaiser, you know, they're trying to put something together, but they're struggling as well as a sack by Valerie Guevara, I want to say, um, of Weber would eventually kill this drive and result in a punt back. So Weber here has the ball, have have, have a chance uh, to, you know, score and take the lead here. And, you know, it starts out pretty promising with about a 20-yard scramble from Sam, Sam Wilson, their quarterback. A couple penalties here also give them a couple more yards as well. 
But unfortunately, Wilson's next pass would be intercepted by Allison Goolsby here. And then right before the quarter ends, you know, Jasmine Roden unleashes a nice pass to A. John and Rodriguez for a big 42-yard reception that would go ahead and get them set up in the red zone to start the fourth quarter. So a very defensive heavy, uh, at least both defenses made plays here in the third quarter. So a very defensive heavy third quarter here leading into the fourth. Uh, still a close one, by the way. And so here in the fourth quarter, this drive for Kaiser eventually ends with a Kennedy Foster four-yard touchdown. Who also gets the conversion as well. Foster getting the conversion, making it a tough 25-13 to lead for Kaiser. And then Weber here on the first play of this drive. Wilson unfortunately throws a pick six to Maria Vega. And that would unfortunately put this game away as Roden would find Goldsby on the conversion, making it 32-13. to And that would be the final score, 32-13 to here. You know, Weber, they had opportunities in the third quarter to take the lead, tie it up even, well, they would actually take the lead because uh, scoring six would make it 19-18. to but, unfortunately, they just could not get it done here. And Kaiser makes them pay here in the fourth quarter. Some stat leaders here. Kaiser, Jasmine Roden, had a very good game. 15 of 25, 207 passing yards. Three passing touchdowns, no picks. A very clean game, at least. Uh, Chloe Griffin, the freshman. Three receptions, 102 receiving yards. Two receiving touchdowns here. Kennedy Foster, four receptions, 43 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Maria Vega for Kaiser uh, had seven tackles and a tackle for loss and two interceptions. One of those was a pick six. And Ariana Payne uh, co-led her with tackles and picks, had seven tackles and two interceptions. Uh, Weber, Sam Wilson, kind of struggled a little bit this game, especially with turnovers here. On paper, doesn't look too bad. She went 31 of 47, uh, at least completion-wise. Had 187 passing yards, threw two touchdowns, but threw six interceptions. That's uh, kind of a tough go. Just a very, very difficult game here for her, uh, forcing a couple of these throws, I'm sure. Caleb Burrows had five receptions, 44 receiving yards, uh, receiving touchdown. Also had six tackles on defense. Breeza Robinson had four tackles and a deflection in this game. As uh, Weber falls to Kaiser, 32-13. This one was actually a close one going into the fourth quarter, but, you know, those interceptions ended up killing them in the long run, and Kaiser, they took advantage of that. Uh, going 2-0 today, April 14th. A very solid 2-0 with only one more game left against St. Thomas on April 23rd. So, uh, yeah, there you go there. Alright, now let's go ahead and talk about power rankings here. Myself and Cody Stauffer, uh, one of the other uh, contributors to the Playmakers Quarter, we put these together. Really didn't have too much that we disagreed on. Uh, he wrote out his reasoning, so I'll make sure to read those here. But for the most part, power rankings stayed pretty much the same here uh, compared to last week here. And that's kind of something we expected unless, you know, one of these teams pulled up a uh, Pulled off an upset, uh, which they didn't, you know. Uh, nothing too crazy really happened here. The teams that were ranked above uh, their opponents basically won this weekend. So not too much change, but we're going to go ahead and go over here. Starting at number one, we have Thomas here. Um, Cody said one-point wins are commonplace. 
here, but wins are wins, especially when your offense saves the best for last, which was a comeback win for Thomas against a tough FMU defense. I... I, 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 won't, I don't know if I would call it a comeback win here, uh, but they get a pretty good dub here. 7-6 to six here. I mean, <clears throat> look, at the end of the day, as long as you continue to win, especially here at the end of the season, really doesn't matter how you do it as long as, you know, you make sure that the mistakes are corrected next time around. And so, at the end of the day, Thomas still finished strong here in this game. Won 7-6, and this FMU defense is pretty they're pretty solid you know they held kaiser it's only three touchdowns not too long ago and so they they've done their thing fmu over there i want to make sure they get the respect they deserve because you know it's not like they're just trash or whatever you know they're they have a lot of athletes on that defense and so like I said, like we said, wins a win. Thomas, they they continue to hold on to this number one spot here going into the postseason. At two, we have Kaiser. Uh, Cody said after Sporting Weber, two scores uh, to close an 18-0 lead. I think he meant after spotting Weber, two scores to close an 18-0 lead. Kaiser uh, found their footing, refound their footing here with a critical Allison Goldsby interception that ended up sucking the win out of the Weber team that felt like they were surging to cap off an undefeated Thursday and show a gap in the Sun Conference. Definitely agreed here. Had some, hey, had some worries there in that Weber game, but Kaiser, just like Thomas, you know, finding a way to get it done here late in the game. And honestly, as long as you win and correct some of those mistakes next time, I mean, who cares, to be honest with you? A dub's a dub, and they will take that, especially this late in the season. Um, also, a very good win against Warner as well here. Uh, only allowing both Warner and Weber to 13 points. I think that's something important to keep in mind. This Kaiser defense playing very well. You know, Maria Vega making some very big plays here. And, you know, a couple other players as well. But, anyways, on to Ottawa here at number 3. Five passing and one rushing touchdown led to an early exit for Madison and Cur for Madison Carrera against the number two in the KCAC, talking about Kansas Wesleyan. Then she added another three passing touchdowns against Cody College. As Ottawa goes 2-0 and is the clear favorite in my pick to win the to win the KCAC this year. Absolutely agreed. I mean, Ottawa, I didn't really expect them to move down here unless they lost to Kansas Wesleyan, and they definitely did not lose to them. Kansas Wesleyan had some chances in that first half, but Ottawa, a very strong second half surging here and uh, looking pretty good going into this conference tournament and then eventually Nationals, which is right around the corner. At number four, we both have St. Thomas. I mean, they didn't play any games here. Cody said no losses is no movement as no one behind St. Thomas showed me enough to displace them. And they made the most of their off week with some solid recruiting moves. Yes, St. Thomas are very active in the recruiting game here. Uh, we'll probably talk about recruiting classes closer to next season, to be honest with you. But, uh, I mean, not, you know, St. Thomas didn't play any games, so couldn't lose, couldn't win. And so, really, it was kind of out of their hands whether they moved up or down here. At 5, we kept Weber here. Cody said, I really thought that Weber swung this game in their favor after a Sierra Harris punt return. Set up Weber very well, and Weber got the ball to start the second half after 13 unanswered points. However, after a big run to set 
to set up just outside the 20 going in. An interception would squash their momentum and carry this game to an anticlimactic end. Weber stays because no one closes this distance here. I mean, agreed, we know Weber's talented. It just comes down to consistency. I think consistency kind of has been key here, especially on offense here. I think on offense, there have been times where they just haven't clicked as much as they probably should be here. And uh, even then, you know, turning over the ball kind of a lot uh, when they're not clicking too. And so hopefully Weber cleans it up. We know what talent they have. We know what they can do. We know the, who they can beat. It really just comes down to, all right, well, you know, which Weber is going to show up today on offense, really, because defensively, mostly, they're going to go ahead and do their thing. So, there you go. At six, we have Warner. Cody said their fate was not too unlike Weber with a tough loss to Kaiser. And so their p placement is also not too unlike Weber. I think Weber and uh, Warner are very close here. In my opinion, I think uh, consistency is kind of a big deal here. Both of them have young quarterbacks, freshman quarterbacks, and a young team all together here. And so, you know, these up and downs are as expected here. Don't write them off, though. I think that would be a mistake <laughs> to write them off going into this tournament and uh, nationals as well. As they, they have a lot of talent. I just think right now, the consistency is key. So, there you go. At 7, Kansas Wesleyan stays there. Cody says another loss to Ottawa. It's not inspiring for a chance to win the conference. Uh, talking about in the tournament, win the conference. But they still piece together some solid drives in this game. And I swear they have the talent, but maybe don't have the confidence to push Ottawa quite yet. Uh, absolutely agreed. I this is another kind of younger team outside of their quarterback, Brianna Hernandez-Silva. Uh, it's a pretty young team, but, it, oh, man, it just feels like, you know, when it comes down to it, it almost always comes down to a couple key plays, a couple key opportunities that they just barely miss out here. And so, for that, Kansas Wesleyan stays here and stays outside the top five another week. At eight, we have the Spires, USM, St. Mary's. Uh, Cody said, and what? is a bit of a confusing and perhaps a lost season. Uh, USM knows what needs to improve and have quietly strung together consecutive wins for some good vibes heading into the KCAC tourney. Agreed. Uh, big confidence booster beating Cotty 55-0. to zero. You know, that's a, that's a big one for sure. And, you know, USM, they have some talent as well. It's been an up-and-down season. I wouldn't call it a lost season here. I think they've dealt with some injuries and, um, well, a injury, um, considering their top receiver has been out basically the whole season and may not come back until maybe the postseason. Maybe. We'll see. Um... But, you know, not, this isn't a bad spot for them. They have the talent here. They just need to continue to keep putting it together, especially on offense. Can't be missing those deep shots. Uh, those are big opportunities, and those opportunities are open too. So, so there you go. At 9, we both have Florida Memorial. Uh, Cody said to hold a lead over the number one in the country. The power rankings for any period of time is a big deal, big deal, and to hold them to only seven points is a huge testament to how strong this defense is. And I wouldn't be surprised if they managed to stun someone in the Sun Conference tournament. 
We'll see what they got against number four next week. I believe he means St. Thomas next week. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely see Florida Memorial. I mean, that defense, they're good. You know, I think it wouldn't be smart to underestimate them. They have a lot of athletes, you know. They could switch off uh, a lot because of how many athletes they have over there. And so this Florida Memorial defense is has been really good i believe it's not even really a question here probably one of the top defenses in the sun conference it's offensively where they really struggle to be honest with you um i mean they literally needed a touchdown and a convert or a conversion to tie this one up but i touched another touchdown would have won this one and so uh eh, you know don't mark out florida memorial but for now, they're here at 9. At 10, uh, we have Midland. Cody said getting back in the win column was huge for Midland, especially with both of their struggling quarterbacks finding a lot of success. Will it be enough to turn around what has otherwise been a rocky season or rocky seasons for these signal callers? Absolutely agreed. I think this dub against Cody was another confidence booster here. Uh, for both quarterbacks, we'll see you know how that kind of goes here. Look, you can't commit turnovers. That's it. You know, you just can't. Uh, and so we'll see uh, how that goes going into their last game of the season. I believe is also against Cotty before they hit this conference tournament. Then, speaking of Cotty, they're here at 11. <sighs> Cody said it's tough not playing forever, especially when it felt like you were starting to figure it out. Very unfortunate, but if they are to play spoiler in the KCAC, now is as good a time... Um, now is as good of a time as any. So, uh, yeah. I mean, completely agreed here. Look, take... I mean, it's not like they, you know, wanted to take a month off. But taking that month off, basically, uh, kind of put Cody in a tough spot developmentally, I feel. And so that's... I mean, look, they, they weren't going to be, like, contenders or anything. I wouldn't call them that. I'm just being brutally honest here. But they were definitely learning. They're getting better. They're a young team, kind of a smaller squad, too, uh, that is learning together. And so we'll see how these next couple weeks turn out. I don't think they lose as bad as they do to Midland the second time around here. Uh, but we'll just have to see. And then at 12, we have Milligan. And so, uh, yeah, there you go. Those are your power rankings after week nine. All right, now let's talk week nine playmaker of the week. We have a uh, you know a couple couple people qualify for this. Um, number one, as usual, Madison Carrera for Ottawa here had eight rushes for 71 rushing yards, uh, also a rushing touchdown. Then also threw 20 of 33 for 271 yards, five touchdowns, only threw one interception as Ottawa did beat Kansas Wesley in 45-19 for that regular season conference title. And so that's why she's in the running there. Um, wanted to shout out Addie Orsburn, who had six receptions, 105, receive, 105 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns there. So uh, there you go. Uh, also want to shout out Kaiser's Jasmine Roden against Sel Warner specifically. Um, just had a very good game. 27-33 of 33 for 256 passing yards. Five passing touchdowns, no interceptions this game. Uh, just absolutely doing her thing here. And then uh, in this Kaiser versus Weber game, want to make sure that I go ahead and uh, give Maria Vega some love here. Uh, on defense, absolutely killed it. Seven tackles, a tackle for loss. Also had two interceptions and a pick six here. 
Alan Ford, Thomas, Janae Scott. Hey, that touchdown and conversion ended up being big time. But that Sanaya Glover interception at the end obviously won them that game. And she had one earlier on too. So that is all huge here. I think though... I'm going to go ahead and have to give this one to Madison Carrera of Ottawa. She's been in the running for a really long time, but geez, another five-plus touchdown performance here. Um, not only against, you know, the second-best team in the KCAC, but also in a game where if you won it, you became the regular season conference champions. And uh, that's what happened. And so uh, congrats to Madison Carrera. Had a very good game here. Once again, 20 of 33, 271 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, one pick, eight receptions, or sorry, eight rushes for 71 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And a pretty big dub to secure that conference title there. And so she is your week nine playmaker of the week. All right, let's talk award race update here. Uh, just want to talk some stats for a couple players that are in consideration. Um, well, players that we have stats for, by the way. But just wanted to talk about this real quick. So um, let's uh, let's start with this Kaiser, or sorry, not Kaiser. Let's start with this Ottawa versus Kansas Wesleyan game here. So Brianna Hernandez Silva, she is in the running for Opoi. Even though they didn't win this game, she still had a pretty solid game. Uh, rushed for 86 rushing yards and a touchdown. I believe she might be the leading rusher in the whole KCAC. Maybe even the entire country. Might have to check that, but she's definitely up there. 14 rushes, 86 rushing yards and a touchdown. Passing-wise, not too bad. 16 of 30, 159 yards. Threw a touchdown, threw a pick. You know, there you go. Angel Roman in consideration for Freshman of the Year. Seven tackles, four receptions for 77 receiving yards, a receiving touchdown. Also snags an interception. Jeez, uh, just absolutely killing it. She has taken on a really big role for this Kansas Wesleyan team, especially as a freshman, which is why she is one of the front runners here. And then um, one of their D-point candidates for Kansas Wesleyan is Jada Wilson. She had four tackles, tackle for loss, two deflections here, both in the red zone. And so that's her stat line here. For Ottawa, I mean, uh, in this most valuable playmaker running here, you have Madison Carrera, who uh, has to be the front runner in my opinion. She ran, well, obviously, she won Playmaker of the Week, and she ran for 71 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, 120 of 33, for 271 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, and a pick. I believe Ottawa also have a Freshman of the Year candidate here as well, uh, Addison Orsburn. She had six receptions, 105 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns in this big-time game here. Now, uh, don't unfortunately, don't really have the stats for any of these Cotty games here except for the Ottawa versus Cotty game. In that game, uh, Madison Carrera, 17 of 18, 209 passing yards, four passing touchdowns here. Lissa Linkus, I uh, think she's an O-point candidate. She had five receptions, 88 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns in that one. Uh, let's go over, let's go ahead and go over into this Warner versus Kaiser game. Uh, for Kaiser, they have an MVP. I, I would say the other front runner in Jasmine Roden. She won 27 of 33, 256 passing yards and five passing touchdowns, matching those five touchdowns of Madison Carrera from this past week. Kennedy Foster. 
a front runner for offensive playmaker of the year. Eight receptions, 95 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Great game by her. Chloe Griffin, she is in the running for uh, freshman of the year, I want to say, uh, for Kaiser. Three receptions, 59 receiving yards, a receiving touchdown. For Warner, they have a couple players here that are in consideration. Madison Tingen, their freshman quarterback, uh, in consideration for freshman of the year. 29 of 45, 266 passing yards through two t- through two touchdowns to one interception. Then you have Cynthia Holmes, who is, or sorry, Cynthia Holmes, who is in the most valuable playmaker conversation. Definitely putting up stats, even though they're not winning as much as they probably could be. But 11 receptions for 118 receiving yards also led the team with eight tackles. Now, in this Weber versus Kaiser game, um, Jasmine Roden, 15 of 25, 205 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, no turnovers here. Chloe Griffin, Three receptions, 102 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Kennedy Foster still putting in work. Four receptions, 43 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown here. And then for Weber, Sam Wilson is in consideration for freshman of the year. Kind of a tougher week, though. Did go 31-47 of for 187 passing yards through two touchdowns. Did have six picks, though. Uh, Caleb Burrows, I believe, is in the... Opoi conversation, either Opoi or MVP conversation, but she had five receptions, 44 receiving yards, a receiving touchdown, and six tackles. And then Breeza Robinson is in that Depoy conversation, or uh, I can't talk. She is in that Depoy conversation. She had four tackles and a pass deflection. Now, this FMU versus Thomas game wasn't able to get all the stats from this one, so we're gonna kind of wait on this one i know Janae scott she scored a touchdown in the conversion but she is in the d-point running here um along with their uh rusher as well jada reese i want to say and then Brittany delva is in this mvp conversation too and then fmu i believe they also have a d-point candidate and so uh we are kind of holding off on putting out some of these award race can or um uh, candidates award race uh candidate like pictures graphics is what i'm trying to say here we're gonna wait on putting out those graphics until we come a little bit closer to these postseason tournaments here uh it's just tough collecting stats some teams put out stats some don't some teams put out recaps some don't and then obviously some teams play on thursdays and that's just a kind of a quick turnaround as thursday is our uh cutoff point for the most part here but regardless there you go that is your award race update all right let's go ahead and talk week 10 here uh not a lot of games only four games this next week here uh april 19th you know that is uh, what is that is that monday no that's tuesday we have Cody versus midland here uh, i believe that will be the last game of the season for both of them that's at 4 p.m central time if you want to catch that and uh, then after that, the KCAC is pretty much all done uh, regular season-wise. Actually, I think the KCAC tournament starts on... Is this April 23rd? So next week, actually. So that's when that tournament will be going on. The conference tournament, that is. And uh, yeah, and then after that is Nationals. Then on April 20th, we only have three games here. St. Thomas versus Florida Memorial. That could be an interesting one. Florida Memorial has been playing some good football lately, just to be completely honest with you. St. Thomas, honestly, is looking pretty strong here. Uh, No time yet for that, so we'll stay tuned for that. 
Then over here we have Thomas there playing a doubleheader on the 20th as well. Firstly, play um, Thomas plays Weber International at 4 p.m. Eastern. Then they play Warner at 6 p.m. Eastern. And then that is basically it. There are no more games for week 10 here. Only four games. So unless there's an upset in one of these games here, uh, shouldn't be too much movement in the power rankings either. Alright, and with that being said, that'll actually pretty much wrap up this episode, this recap here. Kind of a shorter episode here. Uh, not too many crazy games, not too many games that had, uh, you know, a different outcome from what we've expected or what you the viewers might have expected here but still some good games though uh ward race is definitely heating up here look hey in the coming weeks we're gonna go ahead and finalize this to a final four once we get stats hopefully that's uh, something we can do here and we'll probably give out end of the year awards after the national tournament so we could see who's the national champions and all that great stuff and how that'll work, I mean, we'll have four finalists for each, you know, award race here. <sighs> We're, we'll decide on those four finalists probably once we get those stats uh, from each school and all that great stuff. And then how it'll go is that myself and Cody Stoffer will each have a vote. Our friends at NAIA Football, um, not like the actual, or like NAIA, but NAIA F-Ball. I think that's what they go by on Twitter, Instagram, all their social medias. Uh, those guys will have two votes each, you know, so they'll vote. So it'll be kind of a media vote here. And then you, the fans, will have the fifth vote here. And that will be on our Twitter. And so we'll post polls there, and then we'll eventually announce that. And so that'll be our end-of-the-year award plan. Um, like I said, after, you know, after the national tournament so we could see who becomes the national champions and all that great stuff here just so we get a full body of work and um and yeah and so that's that's our plan for end of the year awards next week and in the coming weeks you know uh things are gonna start slowing down just a little bit here i know the kcac tournament starts on the 23rd so We'll cover that. I believe that'll be in our week 11 recap. And then week 10's recap, like I said, will be pretty light here. And so we'll actually probably do some film breakdowns here. Maybe it might even have Cody on the show here. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the KCAC's end of the regular season. And um, eventually talk about the Sun Conference as well. Their end of the season as it's approaching here. I believe their last game, last regular season games take place on April 23rd. And then they're, they have their uh conference tournament the week after that so um so we'll see but a lot of great football head hey it's getting serious now you best you know find a team to root for if you haven't found one yet plenty of great teams out there and even going into next year man there are a lot of programs popping up here and so we'll probably do an episode talking about all the programs that are going to be coming into this 2023 season and um all the great stuff as this sport continues to grow but thank you so much for rocking with us we appreciate y'all pmc fam um means a lot that you listen to us and it means a lot that we get to cover these great football players out here doing their thing and uh, making history 
to be honest with you. This is important stuff to be covering here. And so, uh, thank you so much for supporting us. If you want to continue to support us, go ahead and follow us. Show us some love on social media at Playmakers Corner. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok as well. And then subscribe slash follow our YouTube channel and our Twitch channel as we will be doing live streams there. Our end of the year awards will probably be done there live on Twitch. And so, uh, be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much once again for rocking with us. We'll catch you next week here. Peace.